2: The following episode contains extremely graphic material. Listener discretion is advised. More than 400 miles from where their terror streak started, Alvaro and Duck's crime spray is about to rain down a firestorm of bullets in downtown Los Angeles.
3: Caught up into and are modeling their criminal activity, both concurrently and in the future, based upon what they see in movies and
2: television. The two men were last spotted on Interstate 5 in California for a high-speed chase that mimicked a scene from the Terminator shooting at a passing gas tanker truck and police cars in pursuit.
3: Alvero takes some of the handguns and he goes into the back part of the pickup truck. And during this chase or pursuit, Alvero began shooting at the police vehicles. Uh, He's shooting at a gas tanker truck because he had watched an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where that had occurred.
2: The chase for these two heavily armed killers has now spanned two states and is about to forever alter the life of a young mother, yet another victim of their ongoing rampage. I'm Melissa McCarty. And I'm Kelly McClear. Killing Dad presents The Miscreants, season two of our true crime series investigating family murders.
4: Alvaro and Doc took out a handful of police cars that were shoulder-to-shoulder in pursuit through the Grapevine area of Interstate 5. With bullets piercing tires or radiators, some of the officers swerved out of the way and out of the motorcade. Alvaro and Duck make a split-second decision to get off the freeway, taking the exit to downtown Los Angeles.
3: As they exit, they come off the freeway and there's a traffic light and it's red and they go through the red light and they T-bone a car that is going properly on the green light. And there's a very violent um, automobile collision that causes Alvaro and Duck to then jump out of the vehicle and they run towards the Hall of Records.
2: The Hall of Records on Temple Street houses archives and departments for the offices of the sheriff, public defenders, and district attorney. Normally holding hundreds in capacity, on this day, it was a weekend, the late afternoon hour. The only person inside was a female security guard named Veronica.
4: The gun battle and foot chase is now in the streets of downtown Los Angeles. Alvaro and Duck fired off rounds while they ran into the Hall of Records building. Glass from the high rise building shattered all around them as they whisked by. It was a firestorm of bullets being exchanged between Alvaro, Duck and a dozen police officers from multiple agencies who have been in pursuit of them for several hours.
2: Blake Chow was with the Los Angeles Police Department at the time.
5: That is a scene right out of the movie. It's so rare, extremely rare, where you have this running gun battle and you know, dozens of rounds fired and hostages. Probably seen more in the movies more frequently than it is in actually real life.
2: More than 300 bullets sprayed the streets of downtown Los Angeles, piercing cement glass, concrete walls, and police cars. Downtown Los Angeles is a tourist attraction, and on this late afternoon day, a few passing bystanders in the wrong place at the wrong time were struck, resulting in minor injuries. One person caught in the gunfire was hit in the stomach.
3: And almost every pane of glass on the first three floors has been shot out. Uh, Alvaro and Duck certainly return fire now because it's not just the Kern County Deputy who is still in the pursuit, and he has a shotgun that he brings out. Now you have multiple other vehicles, various different law enforcement agencies that have been following them, some for hours now. And when these guys shoot at the police officers, a hail of gunfire follows them in and just obliterates the front area of the Hall of Records.
4: Veronica, the security guard and a young, single mother, was now Alvaro and Ducks hostage. We spoke in depth with Veronica, but the passing of time has not healed the trauma of what was done to her that day. She gives details to us to share on her behalf. Veronica worked as a security guard part-time. It was her second job she held around her college schedule. That day, after hearing the shattering of glass and gunfire, Veronica who is an unarmed security guard, was suddenly staring up at a gun pointed to her head. She says the barrel of the gun was pointed at her for nearly nine excruciating hours. Once Alvaro and Duck had their hostage, they knew they had leverage to plot an escape and make demands to the brigade of officers outside.
0: They both... Um demanded that Duck Wynn be allowed to talk to his uh, wife, his common-law wife in Reno, uh, Maria Calambro, Leah, and she went by on some um, uh, occasions. And so the Los Angeles Police Department in turn contacted the Reno Police Department to ask for our assistance in contacting Leah Calambro to assist in their negotiations.
3: I was a precipient witness to leah being on the phone during the hostage situation trying to convince her brother and her boyfriend to give themselves up and not harm anybody and not harm themselves
0: this became kind of the central point of the negotiations to talk to maria calambro by telephone uh, during those negotiations so um that kind of was the the sticking point uh is that conversation taking place before they would surrender to the police.
2: So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. (laughs) It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. With SWAT officers surrounding the building, the LAPD hostage negotiator tried to gauge just who was calling the shots and how much danger Veronica was in. Back in Reno, Nevada, Dave Jenkins, along with another detective, boarded a plane to Los Angeles to track their killers. They arrived at the scene around midnight.
0: By the time we got there, this incident had been going on for um, many hours. Um, the building was uh cordoned off, uh, surrounded by SWAT personnel. Uh, there were police administrators at a command post. Uh, the negotiators were, uh, and had been for several hours, talking primarily to uh, Alvaro Calambro who was the chief uh, uh, person involved in the negotiations. Uh, when those negotiations first started.
3: We hear from the police, that the demands from Duck and Alvaro is a uh, million dollars and uh, some pizzas and um, they want it delivered by an armored car, or at least that's how it was determined that the delivery of these things were going to happen. And I remember at some point the homicide sergeant leans to me and tells me, hey, LA SWAT, has given it the green light, that if they can get a clean shot, they're gonna take them out. Because now LAPD knows that not only are they dealing with people involved with a Sacramento B driver attempting to shoot other police officers and cause carnage with a gas tanker truck, they had a massive shootout involving people injured and they have another hostage, but they now know that they're involved in both the TNL gun store robbery as well as the double murder at U-Haul.
5: You could hear officers requesting help because they were, um, because they were actually shooting into the Hall of Records.
4: At the time, Blake Chow was an officer with the LAPD, but he had only been on the force for three years when he heard the calls for help.
5: All of a sudden, we were we were in the police car with my partner, and you know the police radio just kind of went crazy.
4: Chow says it's these split second moments officers trained for in the Academy.
5: We ended up kind of on a perimeter but we were outside right outside the Hall of Records and I remember I was in a, I was in a position at uh, First Street and I'm sorry it's Temple and Spring Street and I had the shotgun and I could see that there were bullet holes in the front window of the Hall of Records where the suspects had gone in. Our job was really to hold the perimeter. Um, we had officers that, from what I understood, that were inside and it contained them in their room. If for some reason, you know, the suspects made it past the officers that were inside. We kind of had that second ring of security. And it was very surreal because, you know, I'd only been out, I'd only been out of the academy for probably for maybe three years. And we'd trained on this, we'd seen videos. You know, we'd heard stories from, you know, back in the 80s, and here we are listening to radio, and pretty much like all hell's breaking loose.
2: Avaro and Duck were threatening to kill Veronica if the money wasn't delivered in an armored truck. It was a demand that was repeated for several hours. To my
5: knowledge, um, I have never, in the, in the SWAT callouts that I've been on, where we have had hostages taken, I've never heard of an individual asking for something, you know, once in a while, sometimes in these outs, you know, if they're hungry, you know, we'll get them some food or we'll get them something to drink because we're trying to build up a rapport, but a request like asking for an armored car full of money, I've never heard that before. And plus that we are not going to submit to those requests anyway. That's another thing that kind of the movies portray happening In, in real life, you know, we. We don't do that. We hold the scene. We keep talking to them.
2: During the shootout into the Hall of Records building, Alvaro suffered an injury that would affect all of his decisions from here on out.
3: They've hidden themselves inside the Hall of Records and how uh, tactically and strategically the SWAT units were positioned. Sometime during the uh, this standoff, Alvaro accidentally discharges his weapon and ends up shooting himself in the foot. And that, in my opinion, makes a significant difference about what happens, how this plays out in Los Angeles. He is on the phone complaining to Duck that he's in a lot of pain and that he wants to to end it. And Duck is not having any of it. Um, And he's now, there's, direct evidence over this phone call that I'm hearing that there's animosity and conflict between the two. Direct.
4: We've obtained the last pieces of evidence from the hostage negotiations, transcripts of what was said between Avaro, Duck, Maria, and the LAPD hostage negotiator. Alvaro and Duck argue over going out guns blazing, leaving no one behind, or a peaceful surrender. Veronica tells us at times it was so contentious between Duck and Alvaro arguing over whether to surrender or not, a few times the guns pointed at her turned to one another. Alvaro and Duck suddenly don't trust each other or the police. In talks with police, the men kept referring to the Rodney King beating that played out three years prior in other police shootings they've watched on television. Again, banking every move from what they've seen on television. The negotiation transcripts are reenacted by actors. It starts with their demand to talk to Maria, who's back in Reno, Nevada. Alvaro refers to himself as John and as he's arguing with police over the authenticity of a tape recording they played for him that's supposedly that of his sister.
6: Okay, Uh, John says that the gunfire that you people were firing in here, that it fucked his hearing, and he could not hear very loud out of one ear. So he needs you to play it louder.
1: Yeah, we heard it. You probably piece it together, and that's not really what she said. You tell him that's the same message that he heard a few minutes ago.
6: He said you lied to him, and he's concerned, and that's not really what she said. He doesn't think his wife would say that.
1: Will Duck speak to me?
6: Duck, he wants to know if you'll speak to him. Saying that he wants to talk to his wife on the phone.
1: Did he hear her message?
6: He wants to hear the tape to see if it's truly her voice.
4: I love you. This is your sister Leah. I know you've been hurt. And
1: I want you to go to the hospital. And I want you to come out and meet the officers. I want you alive. And I don't want anything to happen to anybody.
4: I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to hurt anyone. And Duff, this is Leah. I love you, and I want you to come out, and I need you. Our son needs you alive. We
6: can work this out, and I know you'll do it, and stand on your feet.
1: Hello, Duff? He
6: he says that you're not lying now. That is Leah.
1: I'm a man of my word.
6: They want to know how... Did she talk to you if she's here at the Hall of Records?
1: I talked to her on the phone, tell Doc they can see that I'm credible and that they can talk to her when they come out and I can guarantee that.
6: They said they wanted to talk to her without interruption.
1: Will they allow you to leave if we do? I know you guys talk shit and I know that. Nothing has happened. Yeah, well you guys talk about everything. I know that you know, and you guys just keep shooting everywhere. That was not us. That was not us. That was not LA, okay? I know LA is worse than that, man. I know LA because I've worked there. Well, you know that our hands are pretty much tied, okay? You know what's going on in the media as far as this thing with Rodney King and stuff. You know, we can't do too much. I will allow you to talk to Leah, but let Veronica go. You told me that you are a Christian and you didn't say. I am. Okay. Don't want to hurt anybody, allow Veronica to go. And I guarantee that I will allow you or I will get you hooked up with Leah. I'll think about it, man. All right. You want me to surrender? I need a doctor up here, you know? I know you need a doctor. I'm concerned about you. I want to make sure that you get a doctor and that you're taken care of. This will be an honorable surrender. You can come out, no handcuffs. I'll make sure. I don't want to go to jail here, man, because I know your jail here is really fucked up, man. Nothing has happened. Nobody's been hurt, right? But I need you to let Veronica go.
2: Seven hours into the hostage negotiations, Alvaro is in so much pain, Veronica asked Duck for his cigarettes to use the tobacco to coat Alvaro's gunshot wound. She's Jamaican and grew up using alternative treatments. She was also trying to befriend the savage killer's so they looked at her like a person and not as bait. Conflict was rising between the two. Alvaro wants to surrender, and Duck has maintained a strong stance. No money, no armored car, nobody leaves alive. Here's more from the hostage negotiations.
1: Duck, what should I say? I'll make sure that his family, that he can get his feet back on the ground. You mean know, like giving us good jobs, does you want to go back to Vietnam? Yes. We'll think about surrendering, man. You come out, you want to go back to the Philippines, uh, the immigration come down, and you can talk to them, they can help you. We will surrender, man. All we want is to talk to Leah, that's all. Get her on the phone so we can talk to her. That's all we want, just to talk to her. But is that so hard, man? I'll make sure you can. If I surrender, you guys shoot me, you know? How can I talk to her then? Nobody is gonna shoot you. I will be there, you can meet me. Well, I can't trust you guys, man, I know that. You know, I see too much TV, you know, poor people come out, you guys just start shooting, you know? So I just wanna talk to her, man. He wants to talk to her. She says give up, okay then. Hey, talk to me. Look at me, hey, I'm here. It's been five hours. Already, nobody has charged in there. Like you said, no fucking handcuffs. I don't want to be treated like that. Okay. When I walk with you, if you want me to walk with you, I'll walk with you. I'm not going to have a gun. I go, duck kills the lady. You know duck. I see him. He says if I go, he's going to kill this lady. He if who if goes? Me. If I surrender, he's going to kill himself and the lady. Comes. You got to know that, because, see, if you don't have no money, he's not leaving. Okay. You have the money, or you die, you know? I have some. I know that the money has arrived here, okay? But we want the armored car. They told me it is en route, so the money has already arrived here. He wants the money. He says he's just gonna shoot her, then shoot himself. Then what about me? What are you guys gonna do to me? Come in here and start shooting? Yeah, I don't wanna see anyone get hurt. He will give the lady back alive for the money in the armored truck, and you gotta bring the armored car up to you. He's not gonna go outside. What if you bring Veronica out and get the money and bring it to him? No. See, if I come out and I get the money, maybe bring it to him, he still has a lady here. If me and the lady come out, what's he got? You've got my word. No, I've seen you guys on TV, man. I know you guys promised Ferrari and you want a cake. I've got, I have cake. Maybe yeah, that's TV, dude, it's BS. TV, it's nothing. It's a bullshit, you know that, and, and, and I know that. I guess it's real, oh, man. TV is false. TV is not real. All I want is to help my family, man. I'm not asking for too much. I'm not. So make sure you get proper help. All I need you to do is come out. My feet really hurt. If I come out, you'll throw me to the ground. No, you will not get thrown on the ground. I will be there. It's so about me. He don't want to give her up or come out without the money. I will. I'm
6: trapped.
1: <clears throat> let me talk to Veronica.
6: Can... can I convince Stuck to let me go? No. Why? He wants the
1: $100,000. Ask him if I give Alvero the $100,000. If he comes out with you, I will give Alvaro the money. He can take it back in there.
6: I'll tell
1: him. I wanna get out. You guys don't let him talk to my sister. He'll go crazy. That's all he has left. That's all he wants. Let my sister talk to him right now and we will walk out. Veronica?
6: Yes, Duck has the gun to my head and he says i will throw out two guns. And if you do anything or shoot him, he has a gun to my head and he will shoot me.
1: Nothing will happen to you. Tell him to throw out the gun. Tell him to throw out the gun.
4: Duck was admittedly putting the fate of the standoff in the hands of his wife, Maria. He wanted her some 400 miles away in Reno to determine what he and her brother should do. Meanwhile, as Maria was at home, surrounded by a handful of officers and Prosecutor David Stanton listening to her every word, guiding her help end Veronica's nightmare and their terror streak
3: Leah begging them sobbing uh, in front of us in her their trailer home up in Reno begging them to give up that they have a son together
4: Maria's response to her husband and brother is read by an actor
6: they call me because they want to me like I told you they said they want to say goodbye to me they said police surrounding
1: them, and they are going to kill themselves. I said, I can say more to them. Like, I love them. I love them.
2: Because it's the
1: last time we will be
2: together. On the ninth hour, now the next day, January 17th, 1994, the long night of terror for Veronica, who endured hours of Duck threatening to kill her and then himself, finally comes to an end.
3: Alvaro had convinced Duck that it was time to give up. Um, The hostage negotiator for LAPD gave him directions about what to do with their weapons. And in essence, obviously, it was to put him down and to walk now to the, you know, the carnage that was the front of the Hall of Records and all the glass out there. And under, you know, bright, bright lights uh, that were down there, they come out with their hands up and are taken into
4: custody. Riddled on the floor of the Hall of Records building are a handful of Pepsi cans, black ankle boots, an automatic with a silencer, the one stolen from the gun store shootout in Reno, and a revolver. Detectives could get lost in the maze of shell casings, scattered throughout, marking each one that could have caused more than structural damage. By the grace of God, Not one officer involved in the shootout downtown was injured. Young Veronica was freed, left alive, but emotionally traumatized.
3: She's a victim. She's a victim of kidnapping, you know, uh, armed kidnapping, kidnapping with a deadly weapon.
2: Veronica said Duck was stone cold and evil. She says Alvaro was kinder toward her. Yet the mental scars from having a gun pointed at her head all night remains, along with Duck's voice echoing decades later that he will kill her and then himself, rings over and over again. Officer Blake Chow was standing outside the perimeter.
5: Just based upon the scenario and the fact that they had this wanton disregard for life, they were shooting their way in, they had hostages, I, I didn't expect that they would come out, you know, come out, Um, and be taken into custody just because I felt that just in my young police officer mind that they probably would have engaged SWAT officers, you know, in a shooting or maybe even taken their life. I was actually stunned when they were taken into custody and brought out. I didn't think that it was going to end that
2: way. Alvaro and Duck stayed true to their word, putting all their guns on the floor and walked out with their hands up. Veronica tailed behind. The brothers were separated for the first time since their terror streak started two weeks prior. Duck was taken into LAPD custody and placed in a holding cell.
0: Negotiation, uh, Alvaro Calambro had accidentally discharged one of the firearms that he was using and had shot himself in the foot. Uh, it was not a serious injury, but it did uh, involve him being taken to uh, the police ward of a hospital, and uh, Duck Wynn uh, was taken into custody without further incident. And uh, we accompanied uh, two robbery homicide detectives from the Los Angeles Police Department, uh, Detectives Rick Jackson and uh, Rick Aldol uh, And uh, we had the opportunity to speak with Duck Wynn at length. Uh, into the early morning hours of January 17th until we were interrupted.
4: What happens next no one saw coming, no one was prepared for. Detectives, Avaro and Duck were about to get rocked with fear, an event many to this day have yet to recover from. Coming up on The Miscreants, sheer utter chaos of godlike proportions.
5: And then I got the phone call, you guys have to be back at work at 6am. And um, we, uh, it's because they had, I think they had mobilized us, if I remember. They brought everybody in.
0: It actually occurred uh, at 4.30 in the morning uh, during the course of our interview, and in the middle of it. I remember distinctly that that table was vibrating across the floor away from us, and we had to hold on to the legs uh, to keep it over the top of us. <laughs>